Are you building your dream home? Or have you decided to stay in your current home and remodel? Either way, we all know that kitchens and baths are smart investments when it comes to the value and livability of our homes. Regardless of the project size or complexity, you want and deserve quality products and amazing service before, during, and most importantly, after the sale. A big part of that service is dealing with people that understand their products and can provide advice and consultation that you can rely on. Sounds like a tall order for sure. Who can give you the brands you know and trust and the professional help you deserve? Our friends over at Park Supply Company, of course. They are the go-to for all of your kitchen, bath, and DIY needs. Visit their locations in Huntsville and Athens and you will understand the difference of the Park Supply way. Large selection with the small hometown feel you love. Mention this ad and receive a one-time coupon good for $10 off of a $50 purchase. Go to parksupplycompany.com and connect with them today. Have you been searching for a rewarding career as labor, skilled labor, or lead man supervisor? Premier Structures may have the career you've been looking for. Premier Structures offers three stages of profit sharing, 70% of health insurance covered for individuals, and plenty of room for growth. Premier Structures is located in Athens, Alabama, and serves all of North Alabama, and is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. To find your career with Premier Structures, go to premierstructures.com or give them a call at 256-232-2092. For the barbecue lovers in your life, you can give the perfect gift of Bob Sykes Barbecue book, sauce, and gift cards. Available for purchase at Bob Sykes Barbecue in Bessemer, Alabama, or you can purchase online at bobsykes.com. That's Bob Sykes Barbecue in Bessemer, Alabama. Sometimes life brings you a moment you always will remember. Some of nature's most beautiful creations framed by places we know and cherish. And aren't we in luck that some of life's most memorable scenes are right here at home, all together at Alabama the Beautiful, the group on Facebook, where the eye captures the moment, and it really does last forever. Be sure to check out alabamathebeautifulmagazine.com. With six convenient locations to serve you, Bankston Motorhomes is your local RV dealer. They have some of the top brand name RVs for sale at incredible prices. Whether you are looking for an awesome RV for a long-term road trip or a smaller or more lightweight RV for the occasional weekend getaway, Bankston Motorhomes is here to provide you with some outstanding options and deals that you just won't find anywhere else. For more information, go to bankstonmotorhomes.com or visit one of their six convenient locations in Huntsville, Florence, Warrior, Albertville, and Ardmore in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Bankston Motorhomes. Fuquay's Southern Soul Food is available at two locations, one in Rogersville in the Foodland Shopping Center on Highway 72 and one in Hartzell at 711 Nance Ford Road. Enjoy the salad bar and various delicious meats, vegetables, desserts on the all-you-can-eat buffet. Open Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Go see my friends at Fuquay's Southern Soul Food in Rogersville or Hartzell and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. With locations in Tuscumbia, Florence, Muscle Shoals, Russellville, Killen, Madison, and Athens, Singing River Dentistry provides the most advanced dental care, including same-day crowns and implants, in a compassionate and friendly atmosphere. They excel in educating their patients and themselves about the benefits of keeping a healthy smile for a lifetime. The care of their patients is the center of their practice. They value their patients' time, trust, and total health. For more information about their practice or to request an appointment, go to singingriverdentistry.com. Hey everybody, this is Daryl Worley, and you're listening to The Mark White Show. 
hey, step up and make a difference like he does. This is Nico Johnson from Andalusia, Alabama, assistant football coach at University of Texas. Be where your feet are. You listen to the Mark White Show. Hey, y'all, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you, yeah, you can make a huge difference in somebody's life. You just may not have figured out how yet, and that's why you're listening to the Mark White Show. Hi, I'm Crystal Gale, and you're listening to The Mark White Show, and one smile can make a difference. Hello, I'm Gene Stallings, and this is The Mark White Show. Get off the sideline and get involved and make a difference in your community. You are listening to The Mark White Show. My daddy is your host, Mark White. Gonna hold who needs holding, mend what needs mending. Walk what needs walking, though it means an extra mile. Pray what needs praying, say what needs saying, cause we're only here for a little while. Hey, I stood singing songs and saying amen, saying goodbye to an old friend who seemed so young. Welcome to a very special edition of the Mark White Show. Wow. Billy Dean is on the line with me right now. This is a great interview to be able to have for the Mark White Show. I would say it's going to mark a milestone for me because there was a young kid back in 1990 that was really struggling. My parents had divorced. I had moved in with my grandparents. They took guardianship of me. And we quickly moved from Athens to Birmingham, and I had left my friends. I had left my family. My granddad was a preacher. We were at a new church, and those who have been preacher's kids, you know how that can be. It was very tough. I went to school. I didn't have a lot of friends there. I was being picked on, and WZZK out of Birmingham, Alabama was the station that I listened to back during that time, and I can guarantee you that the very first time I heard Only Here for a Little While was... November 1990 on WZZK as an 11-year-old kid. And Billy Dean is joining me, as I mentioned, and it's so great to have him on the program because his music has had such an impact in my life. When you're a lonely kid, sometimes music might be the only thing you have. Welcome to the Mark White Show, Billy Dean. Wow, Mark. We have so much in common. You know, I had uh, two older sisters, and uh, my oldest sister had already left home, and my middle sister had already left home and I was kind of a, you know, felt like a, a, an only child. And, uh, and the guitar was my video game. And, uh, you know, we didn't have video games back then sitting down and, and, uh, spending time alone with the guitar and the neck of the guitar, learning how to, you know, play certain chords and, uh, and then getting out of the house, you know, just trying to, uh, uh, you know, entertain myself, uh, that's what Billy the Kid was written about. Um, my dad was, um, he was a World War II veteran. And in his mind, you know, it was a very dangerous world. And I didn't have time to be a kid. And he didn't have time to, you know, to waste. He wanted to grow me up quickly. Uh, thought that it was, you know, I might have to go to battle one day myself, you know. So yes. uh, music was my uh, refuge. Hey, and if somebody finds something that they love and they have a passion for mine became football i started kicking a football over the power lines in that same yard that i was growing up in in hueytown alabama and i became a kicker and ultimately walked on at the university of alabama as a place kicker 
after that. So I was a big dreamer too, Billy. I had <laughs> a lot of dreams myself, and you were able to establish yourself in country music back in the early 90s. And man, I wouldn't be talking to you right now if you hadn't taken that path, if you hadn't picked up that guitar and started strumming it to find peace in your life. You know, I, I think the most fortunate thing of all for me was um, I knew what I wanted to do with my life from a very early age. Uh, just, I, I loved country music so much. They, they were, you know, Merle Haggard, people like this were my giants, you know, Elvis Presley. I was a big Elvis fan. And, and in fact, we loved the Elvis movie, went to see it, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I just, you know, always my town that I grew up in was a little tobacco growing town, a little farming town in Quincy, Florida, up in the panhandle of Florida. And really all you really aspired to do was, uh, there was to grow up and uh, get on the back of a tractor and farm and, uh, you know, and go to school, go to work, basically. And um, I was, I always dreamed of, you know, seeing the world. I wanted to travel. Uh, I was kind of a, a, a gypsy at heart, you know. And maybe, maybe it was just I was running from my roots, you know. Right. Could have been what what it was all about. But I knew what I wanted to do at a very early age. And I think, I thank God, the good, you know, the, that my dad put a guitar in my hand, you know, around the first, second grade. Uh, and that's what I used to entertain myself. And, uh, it got me, it got me a couple of A pluses on term papers that I never turned in, but I wrote a song, you know, for my, for my English class about 30 <laughs> minutes. I got an A plus. I thought <laughs> all the other kids spent six weeks on this term paper. I spent 30 minutes writing a song and I got an A plus. I was like, I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> that's great, man. You know, it's, it's, it's those things that, end up having that knack and I found that I had a knack with people and I know that my granddad being a preacher and making me look people in the eyes and shake their hands as they were leaving services had an impact on me and so I connected with people in a way that I never knew that I would even as a police officer for several years I was a law enforcement officer and I connected with people that were hurting. I connected with people who were going through addiction. I connected with people who wanted to take their lives I connected with people who simply needed a friend and they were all alone. They felt all alone in this world. And now I don't have that rigid within the box of law enforcement to keep me in. I'm free and I can say what I want to and do what I want to. And I have the freedom that I never had as a law enforcement officer because you can only get so close to people and you can only do so many things to help them as a law enforcement officer. And that's not taking away from what I was able to do or others are able to do. But now I can take it to the next level and say, okay, what do you need? What does your family need? How can I help you? And I can really get involved with people where I couldn't as much when I was a law enforcement officer. I I think you're exactly right. And the path that you chose um, is such a noble one. I I used to feel guilty all the time about leaving home, uh, you know, leaving my kids and going on tour because it was fun. You know, it was fun. You know, you're going out there, you're getting – adored by by many many people and and uh you know you you uh at, at a certain point in my career i realized that you know it was time to serve with my music you know i was doing music to you know to to stay popular you know you you do all the things you have to do you do your tv shows you do your interviews you right. do your you know you put your album out to to keep your name out there but once 
I got the attention of the country music audience. You know, uh, the words of my dad, you know, kept kind of playing back in my my mind, which he never wanted me to go into the military. He he lost two brothers in the in the in you know World War Two, and he'd served. And I I thought maybe I should do that. And he said, you know what, your family has already paid your price to live in this country. I want you to pursue your music, and and so I felt an obligation to uh, try to sing songs that really. Uh, made people think, you know, like only here for a little while or had a message like let them be little. Um, you know, there's that theme of uh, I Miss Billy the Kid. The first album called was called Young Man, uh, an, a song called Men Will Be Boys. And I kept wondering why these you know, themes of, of holding on to your youth, you know, that little inner kid inside yes. you was such a theme. I never, never intended that to Huge. happen. That was never thought out. It just was something that I was able to look back and reflect on and ask myself, why, why did, why was I gravitating to that message? And it was because I felt like that part of my dad had been killed in the war. You know, he was, he went uh, very early. He was eight, you know, 16, 17 years old. And, um, he still ha- he still had a kind of a jolly side about him, but really, um, I did I, I I struggled so hard to try to stay a kid, you know, and uh, oh, you know, it was uh, nothing that I really planned out as as far as that message being in my music, but that I, I felt like you know that I, you know, the after a while of of talking to people like yourself and people. Uh, telling me just what the music has meant to them, um, you know, I, it took a, it, and I want to thank you for this because this this is what took my guilt away for for doing such a a fun job, really, <clears throat> but an important job, and it really made me a better dad because it, it, I quit parenting out of guilt, and I I came home and I said I hope you guys find your purpose. I said you know being being an artist, being a storyteller, uh, trying to. Uh, you know, connect with people as you've done, Mark. I uh, said, so that's a noble job. And I, I am proud of what I do. And that's how I started parenting. After I reached that point in my life, I realized that, hey, I'm not just out here, you know, uh, running up and down the highway, being selfish and seeing the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to make a difference as, you know, as many people have like yourself in the law enforcement. And you finally got it. When we get it, we get it. That's it. Because I want everybody to get it as far as their purpose in life and knowing that what they're doing does make a difference. All the way down to the little kid who just got a certificate from the school because he was most improved. I want that kid to know that there are people who care about what he's done and that accomplishment. And I share those things through my show. So I have Billy Dean on my show and I have Billy Joe on my show from whatever school in America and let him know that we are proud of him because I know what a person needs to grow into a good adult. And we've had challenges, both of us, Billy, as we've grown up and we know those experiences. And if we say, I want to be the person that Billy needed 40 years ago, I want to be the person that Mark needed 30 years ago and then do it, just do it. Absolutely. You know, we have a, we have a really great opportunity, our generation right now. And, and, and uh, our kids, you know, my kids, 29 and, and 27. And, uh, you know, they look at uh, things around them. They look at the, you know, they see the news and they, they, they get uh, disappointed and down about, you know, the country and where they, when they live. And of course I, I tell them, I say, this is a great opportunity. You have a chance to write the next chapter 
of our country. And you know how you've been raised. You know what we believe in. You know what you stand for. And, you know, my, my daughter said, I don't know, Dad. I'm just going to. I'm just going to move up to Canada, right? And I said, "Well, what what would have happened if your if your grandpa had moved to you know to Canada and didn't go fight? You know, so you're not going to run away from the fight. You're going to. You, this is the greatest country in the world, and we have absolutely we have our flaws. We have the freedom to fail, but that's how we learn, and that's what turns things around. And I'm really optimistic about the future. I think I think yeah, there's a, there's a uh, movement happening. But this country, how great we've got it here, and and we can write the next chapter. We have the we we've been given the keys to this great country, and and that's why I love storytelling. I don't like to preach to people. I don't like to, uh, you know, try try to tell anybody how to live their life. All I can do is say, this is this is my life. This is what I stand for. This is what works for me. And I would never get that opportunity anywhere else on the planet except this great country exactly right we just live it man live it and show it and people will receive it absolutely i love that because we have a lot of people out there right now who need our love they need our compassion our kindness and i'm thinking right now billy about the two heroes that are in your family what were their names your father's brothers my dad's brothers were named one was robert lloyd dean and he was killed in Tunisia in 1943. He was in the 1st Armored Division uh, with Patton and those guys. Uh, and then the other brother, his name was Harold Mason Dean. And my middle name is Harold, William Harold Dean. I was named after him. And he was a paratrooper uh, in Italy and died September the 30th in 44. And my dad was a paratrooper. And he was part of... Um, uh, Operation Dragoon. Uh, they, they jumped into southern France in, uh, in August of 1944. And I've been doing a lot of research and storytelling about, you know, their contribution. And uh, and I think about them every time I, I do something, uh, write a song or uh, go to a charity event or something like that, or, or think about, you know, when I, when I do think about sometimes, as we all do, throwing our hands up and just you know, taking yourself out of the game and just going, okay, it's, you know, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just one person. When I have all those thoughts, I think about those two boys, man. I, I think about, you know, what they did and, and it makes me get back up and, and, and go to work. Absolutely. Well, William Harold Dean. And what was the first one again? I finally found a pen. Okay. Robert Lloyd Dean was the first, uh, what was, uh, uh, he was in the first armored division and then Harold Mason Dean was the second, uh, second brother that, that died. Um, one Harold. was a paratrooper. One was a, Yeah. And if you, um, if you go to YouTube, uh, if you, if you go to Billy Dean, if you find my YouTube site, there uh, are a couple of little, uh, uh, six, seven minute videos that I've done uh, when I, I just started my research and I just started reading the letters of the boys. Uh, I've got 50 letters by these guys and uh, I started uh, uh, on a little journey and you can see a couple of the videos. Uh, it's called the greatest men I never knew. Uh, and it's uh, a couple a few little videos uh, that I've done and that I started uh, posted and I need to pick this project back up. I've, took some time out to, you know, obviously put out a new album and, and promote my new album. But this is sort of a, uh, a, a project. It's kind of an ongoing project, 
uh, about World War II, about our county, Gadsden County, and about my family and, and other families in our county that, uh, you know, that fought during that time and the sacrifices that our county made. Our little county, we had 1,123 boys that were serving in World War II from our little county. And I just thought that was a lot of guys, you know, from a small little rural county to be, to be serving. And it just, it piqued my interest. And I wish I had, you know, I wish I was more uh, engaged when I was younger. And I, if I had any, anything to say to, uh, to a lot of our veterans out there, please, please share, you know, no matter how, how bad it is, please share your experience and let our, our next generation know, you know, what, what it takes to, to, to keep a country like this. We need to know about those sacrifices because the, you know, if the, I feel like if these young kids can sit out here and play, you know, call of duty and shoot them up games on, they can sure hear a real, a real live world war two story or a real live Iraqi story or, or uh, desert storms, whatever. Absolutely. I just feel like they need to know about it. Yes, absolutely. Hey, folks, right now we're talking to Billy Dean, and he has a new album that we're going to be talking about here in just a minute. He is the Saltwater Cowboy, and being in the Panhandle of Florida, I can understand where that comes from. He's had some help with, he's had some help from Paul Overstreet, our friend through the Mark White Show. We're glad that Billy can join us today, and I hope you'll stick with us as we talk about The Rest of Its Mind, the new album featuring 10 tracks, and his first country album launch in a decade. 10 years Billy Dean, I know a lot of you love him. We're in the right age group for that. Billy Dean is sharing his story with us today, and I hope you will stick with us. You are listening to The Mark White Show, and I'm your host, Mark White. Say what needs said, because we're only here for a little while. Bob Sykes Barbecue has a big announcement. They are now delivering to your home or office. Just order online, and we'll take care of the rest. Check them out at bobsykes.com. Since 1943, Athens Bible School has endeavored to provide quality education in a Christian environment and to equip young people with the tools to be successful. ABS is accredited by Cognia and a member of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. With the Bible at the foundation, with all of our curriculum from pre-K to 12, ABS has something unique to offer. Find out more information at AthensBible.com. With six convenient locations to serve you, Bankston Motorhomes is your local RV dealer. They have some of the top brand name RVs for sale at incredible prices. Whether you are looking for an awesome RV for a long-term road trip or a smaller or more lightweight RV for the occasional weekend getaway, Bankston Motorhomes is here to provide you with some outstanding options and deals that you just won't find anywhere else. For more information, go to BankstonMotorhomes.com or visit one of their six convenient locations in Huntsville, Florence, Warrior, Albertville, and Ardmore in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Bankston Motorhomes. Marmac Real Estate has eight offices throughout the state of Alabama. That includes Decatur, Hartzell, Coleman, Florence, Killen, Muscle Shoals, Orange Beach, and Dauphin Island. There are more than 140 agents throughout Alabama. You can easily reach one of those agents by going to marmac.us and tell them the Mark White Show sent you. Welcome to Happy Hollow. Here you can find a wide variety of products, including home decor, apparel, western wear, pet supplies, baby clothes, boots, gifts, and of course, our year-round Christmas selection. 
As you make your way to the back, you'll be greeted with our outdoors section, which includes hunting, fishing, camping, guns, and ammo, as well as our gunsmith shop. Oh, and take a moment to sit and warm up next to our fireplace. Take the elevator or the stairs up to our second floor where you will find our sports section, which includes a wide variety of golf supplies, baseball, softball, football, soccer, disc, golf, tennis, and many other sports products, even pickleball. No matter what you're looking for, there is always something to find at Happy Hollow Outdoors, located at 985 9th Street West, Red Bay, Alabama. For all of your concrete needs in North Alabama, contact Esteban Tovar with Tovar Construction Company. With free estimates and quality work, no job is too big or too small. Give Tovar Construction a call at 256-216-7555 or 256-321-5989. You can also see some of their great work at Tovar Construction Co. LLC on Facebook. I'm gonna hold who needs holding. Mend what needs mending, walk what needs walking, though it means an extra mile. Pray what needs praying, say what needs saying, cause we're only here for a little while. Hey, I stood singing songs and saying amen. Saying goodbye to an old friend who seemed so young. Well, he spent his life working hard to chase a dollar. Welcome back to the Mark White Show. This is a great interview with Mr. Billy Dean. I hope you are enjoying it. If you missed the first segment, go back and listen. It was a great segment. We talked about honoring some very special people in Billy's life. One was his uncle, Robert Lloyd Dean, and the other was Harold Dean, Harold Mason Dean. Now, I want to dedicate this show today to Robert and Harold and their memory because we know through interactions we've had with veterans, the service and sacrifice that it takes, and both of those gentlemen from the Deed family lost their life, and today we are dedicating this, and I hope, Billy, that that helps you move forward with your project as you think about there are people out there who need and want information about those who serve to hear their stories to inspire them to keep going in this country as we move forward because we talk about the struggles i stay away from the news but you are my news right now billy that's the way that works but individuals out there if we can come together and know that we all exist we're going to be just fine yeah we are we're going to be just fine and the the thing that i love uh about this uh this you know little project in you know, and I, and then, you know, I know we talked a lot about it the, the first segment, but if I could just add, uh, you know, when I moved back to Florida, uh, my home state, there was a box of letters, like 50 something letters. And I get to follow the mindset of my uncles from, from their training, from boot camp, all the way to when things started heating up, all the way to the, to the time, you know, to the letters that they write because they don't know if they're going to get to write another one. You know, you, you start realizing, oh, why did they write a, a letter here? And you look at the date of the letter. Then you look at the campaign that they were in, and they wrote the letter just a few days before they went into these campaigns. And you knew it was going to be hell when they went in. And just to see the, the transformation of their attitude from being, you know, these young boys that were so excited to, 
to see the world and to, to fight and to go, you know, to go get it, man, and go change the world to, you see them mature over a short period of time, uh, based on the campaigns they are. And then, and then the tones of their letters that they write and you look at the date of those letters and you realize they had just been through hell. Like the letters that my dad wrote after the battle of the bulge, things like that. It's just, that's what I hope to, to, to portray to people is to get in the, to the heads of those soldiers and, and, and you see the why, you know, why they did it, why they went. And, uh, you know, they, they took this hazardous duty, you know, because it paid $50 more a month, you know, and put their life on the line, you know, to send money back home, 50 bucks a month, you know, to be bomb techs and to be uh, minesweepers and paratroopers in this because it was such a, you know, Great Depression and everything was going on back home, and uh, that kind of valor is uh, is something that I, I hope we can uh, restore in our in our country. And and now, speaking of all of that, just to shift gears for a second, <laughs> my my album, the rest of it's mine, is such a selfish title, and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> and you drew that out, Billy, yourself. So, <laughs> are you telling them yourself, or is this an admittance? No, <laughs> this is a totally. I'd say it's a, you know it's a it's an admitting it's a it's a theme song for all of us parents out there who have given so much you know to our kids and to being a good husband and trying to be a, a good father and everything and you finally reach a, a point in your life you know, your kids are launched they're gone you know they're gone to college uh, you, you know get, you got them off on the right foot and uh, and then you before they circle back. Before they circle back around, right, for maybe a second time, I thought I want to write this song and just, just tell my kids right off the bat that, hey, <laughs> don't even think about it. The rest of it's mine. <laughs> I've got a 21-year-old nephew who lives with us, and I try to tell him that. He's <laughs> That's great. Well, that, that is. That's what it, we, I was driving down to Key West, Florida, and I saw these RV parks that had all these you know, bicycles and kayaks. And these people were like, <laughs> you know, they, they're like in their fifties and sixties and you know, their legs are ripped and they're tanned. And, <laughs> and I thought, man, I, I'm going to write an album for these people because I feel like they, they made it to the other side and my wife and I feel the same way. And so that's really what the whole album is, is really about. <laughs> in fact, there's a, there's, there's a title on there called the laziest man alive. And that's <laughs> one of my favorite tracks on the whole album. <laughs> Oh, it, gets you, it gets you there you know and and people have paid their dues I, I think when people raise kids and like i said we have a 21 year old that we've raised my nephew and we have an eight-year-old daughter so we've got a nice span there but the 21 year old sometimes doesn't appreciate the things and the sacrifices we made for him and i hope in time that it does but you know with being on the spectrum that can have some effect too where he doesn't necessarily appreciate and if he doesn't at least we know what we did and the work that we put in to get him to where he's at. He's a working person. He has almost finished his college degree, his four-year degree. And so his mom, who's no longer with us, would be proud. His dad is proud. My grandmother, who helped raise him, she would be proud. And so look at – I want to encourage somebody who's listening right now. Maybe they don't get the appreciation that they feel like they deserve because of raising a child. And maybe that child looks like they're turning on you and – Possibly they are, but at the same time, just look at the good that you tried to accomplish and then hope and pray that things will get better in their life and that they'll hit that moment like we all have 
to see the reality of of how we got to where we are. Nobody pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. We had someone wipe our bottoms when we were babies. Somebody fed us, kept us alive, and we never need to take that for granted. No, we don't. You're exactly right, man. Um, I, I I've seen you know just to give some uh, you know some hope to those folks out there that are in that very position. You know, being in Nashville for thirty something years and having arrived there, you know, when I was a teenager, I was nineteen, just turned twenty years old when I arrived in Nashville, and I've got a nephew who's the same way. He's almost he's almost eighteen years old. You know, there's there's a uh, that period in your life. You know, you want to try things your way. You know, you you want to do it your way. You, you you feel like okay, I'm ready to spread my wings and try and fail. And and it and usually it, it runs like this. I saw it happen in Nashville, and it happened to me. Uh, and and I've got a couple of young artists that come to Nashville. The first time, you know, when you're 19, it's the first time you're leaving home, right? You want to you want to make sure that you can you can just support yourself, you know, and so, right. and also you, you got nobody telling you you can or can't do this. So, you know, you go up there, you're going to party, you're going to, you feel like you're an adult or whatever. And then, you know, if you're lucky enough to take a look around after about three or four years, about the time you hit maybe 24, 25 years old, all of that stuff, you know, you've gotten it out of your system and you're ready to buckle down and you realize time's closing in and it's, you know, it's time for me to settle down. For me, I was about 25, 26 years old playing bars and clubs, uh, you know, staying out all night, you know, not really putting the effort in my craft. And I saw people like Trisha Yearwood and some of my contemporaries, people that I was, I was doing demos with, Alan Jackson, all these guys started getting record deals. And I realized I hadn't gotten a record deal yet. You know, and all these people I knew, Garth Brooks, all these guys were coming to town to get record deals. And I was like, man, I need to settle down, <laughs> buckle down, right. you know. And then by, by the time you're about 27 or 28, you know, after you put two or three good years in, sober years, I can say, uh, you know, then the door starts cracking open. So it seems like a natural progression, you know, around that age, 2021, 20, you just, it, it, a buddy of mine told me, he said, Billy, you know, you're, these kids are—you're just gonna—they're gonna go in a tunnel. You can't reach them. They either come out the other side or they don't. There's not a thing you can do about it. And you just hope they come out on the other side. And uh, that's what happened to me. I—I I looked around at, at you know at, at my contemporaries, and they were all moving forward, and I was still goofing off. And and I settled down, buckled down, and uh, and you know it took me. I, I was about 28 years old when I got my record deal. And, having my first hits and, you know, and that's, uh, that was kind of the natural progression, you know? So, um, you know, I always say the buddy, same guy actually told me, he goes, you know, uh, being a parent, you know, you're earning your place on earth, especially when you're going through the teenage years and those early years that you're, uh, you know, that you're, you're rooting for them. And so, um, definitely been there and my kids parented me a lot more than, and I parented them, you know, I, I realized that you have to parent through example, you know, if I, you know, if you don't want your kids doing a certain thing or doing this, then you, you can't do it yourself because they're watching you, you know? Um, so it really transformed my life, you know, being a parent, uh, straightened me up just to, to say, Hey, you know, my kids are watching me and the best way to parent is not to preach and lecture, but just live it. 
because kids just naturally want to imitate you. They just naturally look up to you. You really, all you got to do is just walk the line, as old Cash used to say. <laughs> My daughter, she loves Johnny Cash. <laughs> Eight years old and loves Johnny. And uh, she met T. Graham Brown. When she showed a picture of T. Graham Brown, T. Graham Brown showed a picture of Johnny and himself in his bus. She was so impressed that he had actually met Johnny Cash. That was something oh. for her. <laughs> no doubt i get what you're saying though my dad on this day when we're speaking here august 31st back in 2016 he was advised to go on hospice care by vanderbilt hospital with cancer and so this right. day is definitely a marker for me he didn't raise me he had a lot of problems himself and he battled alcohol addiction that's why my grandparents right. ended up taking me but this day was really momentous because of the fact that we were driving home around this time six years ago, carrying him back home. And you might have well been a hearse, you know, thinking about, well, he's not going to be here much longer. But at right. the same time, it kicked me into gear, Billy, because I realized what it's like to be in a hospital with somebody for three weeks and hoping that there was something that was going to happen to change and it doesn't change. And you go through all the different emotions and I felt that. And so I spend a lot of time now helping people who are in the hospital and struggling, letting them know that the Mark White Show audience is out there and that they care. But this is a pretty powerful day for me to be able to talk to you because it's one of those things that I have to fight. I have to fight the the dark stuff today because of, of what today meant, telling my dad, well, we're sorry, Mr. White, but you're going to need hospice care and then going back home and having everything put in the house and just a few days later losing him on Labor Day. So I, I remember vividly some of those moments and it inspired me to help other families. And so I, I get what you're saying because my dad was very much, he, I said he was like my son because there were things that he needed advice with. He, he wasn't the best writer or reader. And so I helped him read things that he needed to be able to understand. He worked for General Motors, so he had a great job. He retired with General Motors. I was very proud of him for his stick to itness, as I've heard through my life, because he did. He was definitely dedicated to that job and working. But this is a a, a dark, a hard day, you know, for me. Man, I want you to I want you to listen to Travis Meadows. Uh, I don't know if you know Travis Meadows, but he's a I songwriter. Don't. Oh, you got man! I'm telling you right now, Mark. You go go get Travis Meadows a uh, couple of albums. He's got a He's a songwriter guy from Mississippi. Everybody in Nashville loves him. He's, he's got a great story. You can read about it. But he's got a song called uh, My Daddy Was Just a Boy in Grown-Up Clothes. And you gotta got to hear that one. That'll, that'll help you. He's it's exact identical story as you have here. And, uh, man, it, it's, uh, it, it's powerful. Uh, Travis Meadows, just that's all I, I can say. He's got a couple of albums out there. And, and it's all about this. It's about addiction. It's about, uh, you know, uh, he's got, uh, uh, it's time to go play in a minefield. It's about, uh, you know, all, I don't even know my family the same way. Me and my sisters, we, we struggled with this self-destruction kind of gene that we had and we yes. all overcame it. You know, we all overcame it. It's always like right at the time when things are going good and, and everything's going to be, uh, you, you know, everything's kind of happening for you you know you'll self-sabotage yes it's like why don't we, why don't we get right, <laughs> right to the right to the finish line and we 
and we and we mess it up. And, and and I think it's because we're more comfortable dealing with adversity than we are with success. <laughs> that was exactly right because we get so used to things bad happening, we're just expecting it. So okay, everything's good right now. I guess the big old wave's going to come and wash all of our good times away and sure enough guess what happens when you think that the next day comes and the good times are washed away by that big old wave that came through and you got a storm well it's pretty and sunny today i bet tomorrow it's gonna yeah. be cloudy and stormy and guess what a tornado comes through because that's the type people we are <laughs> it is you know some people don't you know people don't feel like they're worthy of being happy you know and i, I know I, I grew up in a very strict you know baptist you know, Christian background, you know, grow, growing up and, uh, you know, we were, they, they were trying to teach us humility, you know, trying to teach us to be humble, but, but really it kind of backfired. It made you feel like, you know, Hey, you're not worthy of success. You don't deserve, you know, you're, you're being arrogant or you're being, you know, not godlike if you're, if you're successful. Now I don't feel that's what the good Lord wanted for us at all. Right. You know, I think, uh, I think he wanted us to get into you know, to be successful and to have a voice and take responsibility when we are successful to share, you know, those paths that we took to get there uh, and share them with other people to be happy and to be positive. And, um, and, you know, I know that, uh, you know, from my background, it was a, it was an incredible journey. And you know what I, I, I can contribute most of my success to is I asked for help. I ask for help. There's a lot of people that want to help, but they're not going to help unless you're ready to ask for it. And when you go and when you find the courage to throw yourself on the altar of, of, uh, of, you know, wanting to, you know, throw yourself on the altar of humility saying, I'm ready to go to do something better with my life. Go ask for help. You'll be surprised at how many people are ready to stick that hand out and pull you up. There's a lot of people out there that do it, but you got to get to that point in your life where you go, I need help. Help me. And man, most people know that when that happens, you know, that uh, you're, you're going to be, you're on the right path at that point, you know? Exactly. And we want people to be on the right path. And Billy, I think this conversation can help change some lives. I know that you didn't know what to expect when you hear the Mark White show. You've never heard of me before, but I think you can see why me and Paul connected pretty quickly because it's just being real, man. Being open with each other is much better. It's a much better enjoyable life to me than putting up the walls that I tried to put up as a kid to act like everything was okay to be in a preacher's home and try to look good for people who expected you to be okay when you really weren't. And I just took a sledgehammer and started breaking those walls down. And I've done that through my show. It took this show five years ago for me to be able to do that. And it took some time. It took talking to people who were willing to share and then think, well, why, why can T Graham Brown share about his problems? And then I can't share about mine. What's, what's going on here? Why can this individual share about what they struggle with? And I can't. And then finally realize that, they had decided that they were taking down the walls and I decided to as well. Man, that, that I think that's the very beginning. You know, I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is something that I've realized that, uh, you know, what, what's behind your intentions, you know, the, the power that we all have individually uh, to change the course of everything is rooted in 
the source of our intentions. What are what it, what are those intentions? If you intend on making a difference, if your intentions are pure, you know, I purely want to do good for someone, or I want to, you know, uh, my you know my the power of what you intend to do. It, it actually trumps everything in nature. All of the thing, the work that I think we all have to do is really find out, you know, what those intentions are. Are those intentions to hurt? Are they those intentions to goof off, to just uh, have a party? But, or it really is your intentions to, you know, to, to do better and make better. And, and when you, when you fall in line with that, you know, if you feel like I mean, everything I do, I'm running into a, a wall, a wall's here, a wall's there, you know, look at what the intentions are that you're trying to do, you know, and when, when you, when those, when your intentions line up with, with the good of the whole, man, that's when everything just starts clicking for you. Yeah, everything just opens up. Those doors open up. Your eyes open up. And that's something that doesn't take money to do. It doesn't take a job to do. It takes a search of the heart and a search of, uh, your, of, of what you truly are intending to do with your time and your life that you're here. And when it lines up with, with everything else, you'll be surprised at how, how awesome life can be at that point. And your songs still resonate today, Billy. Even the older songs that we were talking about before we started, how important they are to people. And I told you, your music has impacted a lot of people. And don't ever forget that. And speaking of the impact and the songs, one of them is Somewhere in My Broken Heart. And you took this song and put it with a symphony orchestra as a bonus track on your new album, which people can find at billydean.com. And it was Song of the Year, AECM Award for Song of the Year back 30 years ago. 30th anniversary, man. That's something else, man. Absolutely. 30 years ago, uh, Somewhere in My Broken Heart won the Country Music Song of the Year at the Academy of Country Music Awards. And it's such a pretty melody. And I always wanted to hear strings, you know, accompanying the uh, as the background in, in that song with because of the melody that, that it has. And I never had the budget. You know, it, it was my second single. Uh, so you, when you're a brand new artist, you don't have the budget to put an orchestra <laughs> on an album. Understood. You know, so. Uh, but after it, it uh, you know, all these years later, I was able to go in and, and I had, I don't know if people will, will remember this name, but there's a guy named David Gates. Uh, he was the lead singer of a group called Bread. They had, uh, you know, I would give everything I own. You know, One of my favorites. Absolutely. David, good, he's a good buddy of mine, and he wrote the string parts for Somewhere in My Broken Heart. He was an arranger, and uh, I took those string parts, and uh, we had a, a conductor write the other orchestra parts for Somewhere in My Broken Heart, and we included it on uh, on the Rest of It's Mine album as a bonus track. We re-recorded it for the 30-year anniversary, and uh, and it you, you, it's out there now. You can you can hear it streamed. You know, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever that whatever people listen to. Uh, but it's out there, and and um, and I'm very proud of that because that song changed my life. It was a you know that even the Nashville Songwriters Association in Nashville voted it the song of the year. It's had millionaire plays plus, you know, and, and it's done all the statistics, but it's just been more than that. I think it just, it, it's a song about unconditional love. You know, it's about a, it's about a, it's a song about 
uh, you know, a couple who, uh, you know, uh, the guy or the girl, whoever the character is that you associate with in that song, loves the other person so much that they're willing to let them go, let them find themselves and, and not hold a grudge or anything. And, and it's kind of, you know, that's, again, what your intentions are. You know, a lot of times they come back. And if it's meant to be, it happens. And that's what, you know, that's what that bridge of somewhere in my broken heart says, you know, fly, go ahead and fly until you find out who you are. I, I will keep my love unspoken somewhere in my broken heart. And uh, it's just a, uh, I wrote it with a Hall of Fame songwriter, Richard Lee, who showed me where the bar of excellence was when it came to writing. And I credit Richard, that was his melody. And he taught me so much during the process of writing that song. And that's why we, celebrated it the 30-year milestone of it this year um you know being on the on the new album and you can definitely check out just that one track if that's all people want to listen to but uh you know, but the whole the, the, basically the mood of the whole album is a, it's, it's a lot about uh just having some fun and, and going you know taking a little time off uh uh, I, I felt like I had really sung a lot about faith, family, and the flag, you know, growing up in, in, in the music business. And I felt like it was definitely time to, you know, to have some fun and, and, and to enjoy the, the you know, the, your uh, a little vacation. If you're driving down to, to uh, the Panhandle of Florida, to the beaches of Florida, uh, put this album on, man. It'll put you in a good mood and, and hopefully put a smile on your face. You sound like Paul Overstreet, Billy, <laughs> because it, I know you I know you both had that conversation because both of you had similar music back in the day. And and Paul says the yep. same thing. Absolutely. He, and there you go. He's a, there's another preacher's son for you right there. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. There you go. And somewhere in my broken heart, I was just wondering who did that lift as you're leaving the song. And it was Richard Lee. As I look at. Somewhere in my broken, and you keep going up and up and up. I just yep. you're, you're flying away, and I never really, <laughs> I never really thought about that, but that's true. And thinking about who came up with that, that's pretty powerful, right there at the end. It's a powerful ending. Do it that you know the the producer said you know it sounds like it, this is going to end up being a a movie theme, and uh, and that's how they wanted to. Uh, that's how they wanted to to kind of end the song because it felt that way uh it felt like you know the ending of a of a movie or yes, something great so, job. Uh, that was my producers that was definitely their their idea we want to make sure that people find out more about you billy dean and they can go to billydean.com they can follow you on social media i think you have about two hundred and two thousand people that are following you right now pretty incredible audience that you have there and that is a tool and we can use it for good, we can use it for bad. And people who have social media pages, I want you to think about the good that you can do with the people that you have. So, Billy, I'm quite impressed with you, buddy. I've enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time, buddy. When we come back, we're going to take you to Margaret, Alabama, to talk to Mr. Logan Lake. He is eight years old, and he lives with Williams Syndrome. I hope you'll stick with us. You are listening to The Mark White Show, and I'm your host, Mark White.
There are moments in life you wish you could capture forever. Alabama the Beautiful is a new online magazine that preserves images from sweet home Alabama. Yours anytime, online, every month. Where the eye captures the moment and it really does last forever. Be sure to check out alabamathebeautifulmagazine.com. Thompson Roofing and Construction is a locally owned family business serving the North Alabama and Southern Tennessee area. They are a Better Business Bureau A-plus member since 2011 and a GAF Master Elite Contractor. Give them a call at 256-952-3309 or check them out on the web at 256roofing.com. They offer free inspections. Thompson Roofing and Construction. Mr. Cecil Batchelor is the one that started this business as Dependable Service Center. And even though now it's Green's Dependable Hardware and we're a true value store, our tagline is still your Dependable Service Center. We've tried to keep that alive for all these years. Mr. Batchelor really started a good business. We're really excited to be carrying on a long-standing tradition. It's the oldest retail store in the city of Russellville. We're Green's Dependable Hardware, 15220A, Highway 43 in Russellville. Alabama. We're right behind McDonald's or right across the street from the hospital. Number is 256-331-0123. The Dependable Service Center. Is it time for a haircut? Give my friend Philip Butler at Southwind Barbershop a call. Located in Rogersville, Alabama. You can call him at 256-247-5658. Make an appointment or just walk in. That's Southwind Barbershop in Rogersville, Alabama. Are you building your dream home? Or have you decided to stay in your current home and remodel? Either way, we all know that kitchens and baths are smart investments when it comes to the value and livability of our homes. Regardless of the project size or complexity, you want and deserve quality products and amazing service before, during, and most importantly, after the sale. A big part of that service is dealing with people that understand their products and can provide advice and consultation that you can rely on. Sounds like a tall order for sure. Who can give you the brands you know and trust and the professional help you deserve? Our friends over at Park Supply Company, of course. They are the go-to for all of your kitchen, bath, and DIY needs. Visit their locations in Huntsville and Athens and you will understand the difference of the Park Supply way. Large selection with the small hometown feel you love. Mention this ad and receive a one-time coupon good for $10 off of a $50 purchase. Go to parksupplycompany.com and connect with them today. Since 1943, Athens Bible School has endeavored to provide quality education in a Christian environment and to equip young people with the tools to be successful. ABS is accredited by Cognia and a member of the Alabama High School Athletic Association. With the Bible at the foundation, with all of our curriculum from pre-K to 12, ABS has something unique to offer. Find out more information at AthensBible.com. Red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue. I can sing rainbow, sing rainbow to you. Listen to your eyes, listen to your eyes. You can sing a rainbow, sing a rainbow, sing along with me.
we're back. Welcome to another edition of the Mary Faye Hedrick Good Deed segment as we come to you from Margaret, Alabama with my buddy, Logan Lake. He is eight years old and he lives with Williams Syndrome. Welcome to the Mark White Show, Mr. Logan. Welcome to Logan's house. I'm Logan. I have Williams Syndrome. I do crazy things. I... I ask my daddy for something if I need to. I need I need to do as I need to do. And I'm looking. Thanks for being with me now. Thank you for inviting us to your home and letting us be here to talk today. You were able to get out of school to talk to me here at your house, weren't you? Yes, this is my house. This is going to be the best day of my life ever. Awesome. How was school today? Good. Did you let anybody know that you were going to be on the radio? Is it top secret? Is that our secret right now? secret. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hold that microphone just like that right there. If you can hold it just like that right there. Just hold it like that when you're talking. Excellent. So let's talk about Williams Syndrome. When did you find out you had Williams Syndrome? When I was a little baby, I was born. Let me hold it like that. I was born when I was half my year. I was two years old. When I was a baby, I growed and growed and growed until I... I was this tall. You're a big boy. You're eight years old, right? Yes, I'm going to be tall enough. Excellent. Now, you said you do crazy things, but I'm going to tell you something. I met you at church the other day, and you were the most polite. You were the most friendly. You were the most interesting kid that I've met in the past few years. It's amazing because you came right up to me and you said, does your hair move? And you put your hands on either side of my face and started shaking my head just to verify that my hair didn't move or if it did move. I found you very interesting. So what do you do that's crazy? Uh, I do funny things on a trampoline. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, I, I tell, I, I, I have to go to school so I can learn and play. And, and, and thanks for being with me. I'm Logan Lake Lawrence. I'm, I'm eight years old. I'm, I'm going to be nine years old. And, and I'm going to be 10 next year. We're going to help you celebrate your ninth birthday. When is your birthday? My birthday is next year. Next year. What month? February. February? It's not Valentine's Day, is well, it? Whoa, it's very close to Valentine's Day. Yes. Valentine's is the 14th, and your birthday's two days before. Yes. Do you ever get chocolate for your birthday? <laughs> There's a lot of chocolate being sold that time of year. If it was the 15th, you'd get a lot of chocolate discounted because it's much cheaper on the 15th. Yes, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> now, I understand that you really like music. Yes. You love music, don't you? Yes. What is your favorite type of music? What do you like? Who do you like to listen to? Uh, I like to listen to Archipelage. I like to listen to Archipelage. They're my favorite. 
Acapeldridge. What is it that you really like about Acapeldridge? So, I I do an interview. I'm doing an interview today. And 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 I'm a kid. I have Lyme syndrome. What's Acapeldridge? Can you tell us what Acapeldridge is? They are fairly. Say it again. They are fairly helpless. They, do they sing songs that we sing at church? Yes, yes, yes. What's your favorite song at church? My favorite song is. Do you know my Jesus? Have you heard Daddy loves you? Can you sing that for us? Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my friend? Have you heard that he loves you? And he will invite you to the end. Great job, buddy. Great job. And that's your favorite song. Yes. That is a very powerful song. And you love to sing in church? Yes. Have you sir. been able to get in front of the people and lead before? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I got it. I got it. Just, just get it to where it just right there. Right there is perfect. That's perfect. Let's see, Logan, if we hold it just, yeah, can you hold it just right there? Can you do that? Just hold it right there. And then when we when we talk, and how about the other kids that you get to sit with in church and get to sing? Mm, some of the kids I love is White Sam. They're coming to my house next year so I can, so they can spend the night with us. Excellent. That sounds really good. Now, we have your dad, Lee, Lee, with us, and we have your mom, Christy, with us, and we'd like for Lee and Christy to join in the conversation now. Can we let them talk a little bit? Excellent. Lee, welcome to the Mark White Show. Thank you for having us. And Christy, welcome to the Mark White Show. Hi, thanks for coming. This is really important that we bring awareness to Williams Syndrome today because there are a lot of people who are listening that probably have never heard of Williams Syndrome, and today is the day when you as a Williams Syndrome family, have the opportunity to let listeners know about it. So I, I really feel like this is a very important day for the Mark White Show and for people who are listening. Well, Williams Syndrome is a um, genetic condition that's just randomly present at birth. Um, it affects about 1 in 10,000 people. Um, so about like finding a four-leaf clover or a blue lobster um i consider logan my my lucky charm um how rare and special it is um it's a genetic micro deletion so it's about 26 genes that are missing on his seventh chromosome and that's um, just about equivalent to one book in a library that's missing a few sentences out of a paragraph, out of an entire library. Um, 
and just that and that that's the 26 jeans is a, an average deletion size um and in that is the elastin gene and that's what makes um your tissues stretchy so a lot of kids or a lot of individuals with williams syndrome struggle with um cardiac defects or um GI problems. Yeah. So, uh, approximately 80% of children who are born with Williams syndrome will be discovered at birth because of these, uh, these problems, uh, usually a heart defect requiring surgery or a GI defect requiring intervention there. We were very blessed in that we did not have those medical issues with Logan, though we did have some prematurity, spent a few days in the NICU, um but so we actually discovered his condition when we noticed that he really wasn't walking until he wasn't crawling until right at 18 months he wasn't walking until two years so we were just seeing these uh developmental delays and we were very fortunate here that there's a lot of really good resources in birmingham to try to help track that down so our pediatrician referred us to rehab who referred us to a rehab specialist who referred us to a geneticist and they made the diagnosis there um and so we were very fortunate after that to uh be referred to the bell center which is out in birmingham and they help with developmental and intellectual delays and uh, those kind of things um and it's a yeah it's an early intervention school for ages one to three or zero to three and that was wonderful um and that that gave us a good running start but because while we were very blessed not to have the medical issues, it also meant that we were later in life before we found out about uh, his condition. Um, trademarks of the Williams syndrome, uh, they have distinctive facial features. Um, you can look in their iris and see their uh, distinctive features of their eye. They have a, they have a starburst or a lacy pattern in, in his iris. So if you look in his eyes, he looks like he has... Um, like a snowflake kind of pattern in his eyes, and that's really common with kids that are that have light colored eyes with Williams syndrome. Right, and Down syndrome as well. They have the stars. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, stars Michelle Norwood eyes. wrote the book "Stars in His mm-hmm. Eyes," mm-hmm. and a little something extra ice cream is a sponsor of the show now with Hunter Norwood. So that was exactly what they talked about in mm-hmm. the book. And Mr. Logan has something he would like to say. Um. Something about William syndrome is really, really sensitive to me. It's like, it's like so. All he lives is like so. Yes, they're really. It's sensitive. The way I feel is really good to me, and like it. And really much is really, I also need to. How do you like hearing your voice right now through the headphones? Uh, it's really good and really good. So, so the issue is probably, probably right here in my sensitive. Okay. Yeah. Every day. So, all that. So, 
So we, we were very fortunate when we got the diagnosis to be referred to the Williams Syndrome Association, and we were able to go to their convention. I think that year it was in Ohio. Yeah, and every day. We were able to learn a lot from families who both had kids our age and even to kids who had grown up with Williams Syndrome, hear from experts and that kind of thing. And so that was able to help get us on a early start for them. Uh, but with that data and with the information from the Williams Syndrome Association, uh, we learned a lot about the condition. Most of these kids have a very strong affinity for music, um, and they want to be involved in that in some way. So we attend Pell City Church of Christ, and so we sing every day, and he has just made a very strong connection to that, which is also why he loves listening to Acapeldridge, like... We can't start up our Amazon Alexa because it's just going to play Hawkapeldridge as soon because he, <laughs> he's constantly playing I it. I heard about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but so he, he will, uh, and anytime we have a church service, he wants to sing immediately. And so, every day, every day. So every, every day, yeah, you have to go to school. Monday, I don't have to because I'm off. I have to go, I have to Go do things like sh- like go play disc golf with daddy like every day. It's so since I never. I like to ride my bike down with my friend Brett. He he go he lives down. He he he's twelve minutes away. He's two houses away. He two houses away. <laughs> Logan Logan has had a big summer. He loves Legos. He went to Legoland. Whoa. That's cool. Ah, Logan. He's listening to himself. <laughs> he figured that out. We're not going to make funny noises. Stop, Leva. <laughs> Tell us about Legoland. Uh, Legoland was really cool. So, what, what the fuck? Perfection is what? What ride did you ride? I rode the big kitty disco, disco movie thing. And you rode the dragon. I rode the dragon. It's too scary. That that one was too scary for you. And say you learned how to. Hey, Logan. (laughs) The facts is every day. Did you learn how to ride your bike? Yes, ma'am, Mama. Without what? Oh, every day before then. No, 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 no. What did you, how did you learn how to ride your bike? Without what? Training wheels. So he's riding his bike without training wheels. That is awesome, Logan. Um, The other thing I was going to say, we have multiple families in the area that have Williams Syndrome. Um, many of them have had to deal with the medical issues that we've been very fortunate to uh, to avoid. But uh, the need for early intervention on these children is very strong, which is why the, such as the Bell Center was so instrumental. You know, we've used outside resources such as uh, our former speech therapist, uh, Martha Davis, um, who is also a, a, someone we attended church with in the past. 
Um, and those kind of interventions are so key for these children because as we saw with our, with our visit to the convention, many of these kids, they grow up, they're not able to be independent, but this newest generation where that early intervention and that constant aid was provided for them and it was identified early, there are now many of them who are able to live semi-independent lives or even potentially independent lives. I know of one young lady who was able to graduate with a associate's degree in marketing, um, and that would have been unheard of even 10 years before. And that's just because of that early intervention from speech language pathologists, from physical and occupational therapists, from special needs instructors in, in the school system. And so this, their quality of life is significantly improving, but part of that is that early recognition and that very aggressive approach, particularly in their early life, when the brain is just developing so much and so quickly. One of the things, Christy, that we talked about was how much Logan loves people and his interaction with people. Mm-hmm. And when we think about young, younger children, even adults, they have a difficult time sometimes with different people. If someone's different than they are, they feel like they're different, mm-hmm. then they're going to treat them differently. When it comes to school and it comes to kids that Logan just wants to love on, let's talk about what you want parents to know when it comes to your son with Williams Syndrome. Well, I'll say this. You can't be an introvert and have a kid with Williams Syndrome. <laughs> you, you learn to get over that really quickly because yes, I did. I did. I did. Logan, even from the time he was a baby, would make eye contact. Even as a little bitty baby, he would look you in the eye and it looked like he was stargate, like staring into your soul. And um, Logan just, he doesn't meet a stranger. Um, at church, he's the, he's the first one to greet somebody new and he has the ability to remember names and, um, remember names and faces. And so like when we have visitors at church and they come back, he goes up to them and greets them by name. And, um, he, he's kind of focused or obsessed with hair right now. So anybody new that we meet, um, he's going to ask them if they've got hairdo in their hair, and that's like hair pomade or something like that. And um, he's kind of drawn to people that um, might be a little standoffish. He's really sensitive to that. So if there's somebody that's shy or maybe a little grumpy or something, he's going to, he's going to single them out and go up to them and, um, you know, want to t- yeah, want to talk to them. And, um, he's very sensitive to emotions. Um, another kid that's crying or, um, if I'm having a bad day, like, you know, most kids would just, you know, go off and play and kind of be in their little world. But Logan is very perceptive to other people's emotions. Wants to console you? Yes, absolutely. Um, and he just wants to be your friend. If he gets a smile out of you, he has, like, to smile at him, you just see his face light up. And it's it's just, he's just a really special little guy. I mean, you can't be... He's grinning at me now. You can't be you can't be sad 
very long around Logan. He's not going to let you. every day every time and this also this kind of lack of um lack of stranger danger kind of thing also makes him a little vulnerable um so we have to you know kind of teach him and kind of temper that that very friendly sweet personality and you know remind him that you know not everybody is as friendly and kind and understanding as as he may be right um so that's that's one of the big things that you know even as an adult um you know we'll have to you know maybe help him with as as far as like you know knowing who to trust and um not letting people take advantage or be be cruel exactly you know and just from a christian perspective i mean it's just, just such a great example of what we should be in a, in a perfect world, you know, we would be trusting of everyone. We would want to be friendly with everyone. And of course, especially as we grow older and as we become adults and we're not in a perfect world, we realize that we can't necessarily do that, but it's still just such a great example of what optimally, you know, as Christians, as people, we should be, you know, that we should be like this, you know, my dad, um, he says all the time, every other person ought to have Williams syndrome. This world would be a much better place. And um, he's just a he's just a really special little guy. Just he's just I send an email to his teachers every year, kind of you know explaining about Logan, and um, you know I just tell him you know Logan is full of full of joy and full of love and you know educators and every, everybody that comes in contact with him is is going to be instrumental in helping Logan be as independent and um, successful as he can be one of the things that you've done Christy is you've directed doctors and teachers to a particular website and that's Williams dash syndrome.org mm-hmm. and people who are listening right now can find out more information by going to that website if they want to learn if they want to educate mm-hmm. themselves because we started from the beginning this is about awareness mm-hmm. for williams syndrome and there are people who are learning right now if they're interested mm-hmm. in finding out more you mentioned that that was a really good website to go to that's where i direct all of new therapists new teachers um any doctors and we've been very fortunate that um our pediatrician, like she jumped right on board and jumped in and, and went and sought out all the, the recommendations and requirements, you know, for health maintenance for Logan. And um, most of this, pretty much all of the specialists in Birmingham that we that we've seen, um, Dr. Lau at, at UAB, uh, the cardiologist. Um, he's very familiar with Williams syndrome. Um, the anesthesiologists that we've encountered at children's hospital when Logan's had to have, uh, tubes placed, um, they've always been, you know, very aware of Williams syndrome. Anesthesia is a very big risk for kids, uh, for individuals with Williams syndrome. So, um, they've all been, you know, very receptive to our concerns, you know, whenever Logan has to have a procedure or something like that. That is great. And Christy, if someone wanted to reach out to you, say that they have a child with Williams syndrome, and we've talked about the Mm -hmm. fact that there are several locally here, Mm -hmm. would you, 
be okay with them emailing you? Absolutely. Um, my email is Vaughn Christie, V-A-U-G-H-N, Christie, K-R-I-S-T-I, at gmail.com. And Excellent. We also uh, would like to point out that there, I'm sorry. Also, uh, the Williams Syndrome Association has uh, regional groups that uh, are also available to help with that, especially if, you know, a parent who just had a child or just discovered that their child has Williams Syndrome uh, has uh, questions and all that. So the WSA, it's not just a national organization. They also have regional uh, groups to try to help with that. So um, certainly some of the other families that we're involved with are uh, act very active in that regional group. And uh, there are Facebook groups, of course, to help with that as well. Um, so the, the resources are there, but because it's so uncommon at that one in 10,000, it still can feel a lot like being an on island. Absolutely. So here we are today in Margaret, Alabama. Again, we appreciate Mr. Billy Dean for joining us on the show today to share about his life of music. Perfect. We talked about music in the first two segments with Mr. Billy Dean, and then we talked about music in the third segment with Mr. Logan Lake and his family. Folks, here on the Mark White Show, we're recognizing difference makers and sharing their stories to encourage and inspire. And if you're encouraged by this show, please share it with your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Let them know about the Mark White Show and what we're doing to make a difference in our communities around the country and the world. Of course, I want you to follow the Mark White Show on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the Mark White Show podcast wherever you get your podcast. You have been listening to another edition of the Mark White Show coming to you from Margaret, Alabama. And this is Mark White encouraging you to find your purpose by making a difference in someone's life today. Ah, these are my kind of people.